Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds, markets for the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, obviously the PGA Tour, Number one sportsbook, easy to use, safe and secure. Get your winnings fast. That's a key in under two hours. How do you beat that? It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game. Make it a little parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? Go low, baby. Go low. That is the mantra of the summer. Birdies, pars. You can make the occasional bogey. No doubles, no triples. Keep the ball in play. And let's go low, baby. Let's go low. What is up? I'm John Middlecoff. Back at it again. The schedule this week is obviously a little weird because the match play, so everything's starting today. So me and Sobel did some big picture gambling picks. Winners, we didn't pick the groups because they've already started by the time you're listening to this. Nothing we could really do. But uh, I'll I'll give a couple thoughts off the top on just some guys that I like. The Masters is two weeks away. Um, Can't wait. I mean, (laughs) does it get any better? The Final Four, which I still got UCLA. So if UCLA wins it all, nailed that future. And then the Masters. I, I, I already got a little future bet on Victor Hovland. I think I might put a couple hundred dollars on Justin Thomas, um, maybe Kepka. I don't know. I'm still kind of I'm I'm still working through it in my mind. But you better believe there's going to be a lot of action coming from this household. Uh, just some quick thoughts, just on match play in general. Sam Burns, the, the talent that's coming from the SEC, it shows you a rising tide lifts all boats. The money that has come in from football has benefited all the other sports in the SEC basketball directly because they're paying a premium for coaches baseball i mean their programs they've always been a big time baseball program or conference they're going to another level and the golf i mean i looked up at the leaderboard last week justin thomas davis riley both alabama guys sam burns lsu i'm like i wonder where nice miss it from i just guessed i'm like i bet he's from the sec south carolina it just it shows you man um money money talks nothing else matters uh phil mickelson Big story there. No longer coming to Augusta. Uh, have a couple takes there. And then Netflix. Uh, I, I read an interesting tweet thread from uh, the Drive to Survive series that the F1 did and the impact it had in America. And it was fascinating. And I, I think there's a lot on the line when it comes to this golf show. I don't know what they're going to call it. 
birdies and pars, go, go low. I mean, you could take it. Just give me a little cut. Uh, but I, I really think it could influence the sport. And of course, at GoLowPod is the Instagram. That's where you slide into the DMs, get your question answered here on the show. At GoLowPod. At GoLowPod is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Give it a follow. I give my picks and just other golf takes up there. I try to separate the two accounts. My my personal account is just mainly me fucking around and uh, posting football stuff. And other than that, I just do all my golf stuff on GoLowPod. So let's start with the match play. I actually think it's very relatable because most people, once you start playing golf, you get a buddy, whatever club you go to, whatever public course you go to with your group, with the guys you play with, eventually you're going to play some match play. And it's a very relatable format because it allows you to get a double, triple bogey. No one cares. You only drop a shot. It's what makes this tournament so unique. A guy that would normally shoot you know, 74, but he also had five birdies, can easily, like, you could have a quad. It doesn't matter. You just pick up. You know, you won. And the best part about golf, like, unlike football or baseball or basketball, those games never change all season long. Yet in the sport of golf, you know, you have different formats, right? You have just stroke play, which is the majority of the time. Then you get the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, some team events, And then you get a unique format like this in match play, which is obviously very, very popular in the amateur world. You know, that's how the U.S. amateurs played. That's how a lot of college golf tournaments, you know, the national championship for team golf, that's the way it's played. And I think it's a fun watch. It's different. Now, there's risk involved because I saw a stat that two of the top 16 last year advanced to the Sweet 16. For the most part in the NCAA tournament, Think who's still alive, right? UCLA, hell, even North Carolina. I know they're an eight seed, but Gonzaga, Duke, Purdue. You got Arizona. You still got a lot of... Now, you got the occasional St. Peter's. But a lot of times what can happen in match plays, you look up and a lot of lower-seeded guys are playing on Saturday and Sunday. For the most part, when you get a field of this level in stroke play... Like, if Austin Country Club this week was just a stroke play event, I would imagine four of the top 15 guys would be in the mix come Sunday. Minimum. Where in the match play, there's a chance we get a Final Four where there ain't one guy in the Final Four that's a top 20 player. Now, as a golf nerd, I find that cool. But I get from the television partners and from golf, it can be a little risky. It's why they don't do a true... March Madness, you know, one and done. Because you you could get to Friday and everyone's gone. This is the right way to do it. Group stage, you know, like World Cup style. So you guarantee Dustin Johnson's, the Kepkas, the Justin Thomas's, the Spees, three rounds. But come Saturday, there is a decent chance that 10 of the 16 names are not needle movers. And by the time we get to the Final Four, it was always really risky with Tiger. You know, he could just get bounced very early. And the times have changed a little bit, right? The depth of talent is way bigger than when Tiger played. But obviously, he's bigger than anyone playing now. But they just have more names, more, I would say, universal to sports fans. Uh, so I, I I enjoy this week. And I'm I, I my picks, I think Justin Thomas and Xander, if you want to take two guys that are, you know, near the top in terms of odds, uh, part of the is the bracket. Love Xander's path to the Final Four. 
I think Justin Thomas, I'm tempted to put like $500 on him for the Masters at like 13, 14 to 1. I think there's a chance him and Bones dominate and win the Masters by a couple shots because he's hitting the ball as well as anyone right now. And his short game is elite. It's just about making putts. And when I say short game, I mean chipping and putting. Like, I have a, I have a bet on Victor Hovland. I don't feel that great about it. He can't chip. He's a terrible chipper. I was watching him last week at, uh, where they just play? The Snake, the snake Pit, uh, Islesworth. I mean, he's just, he's just a bad chipper. Now, if he hits every green, maybe he can do it. But it's going to be very, very difficult. L- I like Justin Thomas this week. like Xander this week. I like Alex Noren in general. And he has a lot on the line. To, he's, he's 56 right now and top 50 gets into the Masters. But his group's hard. Casey, Ustazen. I mean, it's just it's a tough... Corey Connors, elite ball striker, not a great putter, but it's just going to be hard for him to make it out. Terrell Hatton, if he can just beat Daniel Berger, I think at 33-1, to 1, the reason I like Noren, if he does get out of the group at, at basically 60-55-1, the, the odds have moved a little bit on FanDuel, but, I mean, he's got, he's got win equity... For a guy that's, you know, quote unquote, a long shot. And then some super sleepers would be like Mav McNeely is a guy that, you know, you could look up and just be in the final four at 90 to one. Taylor Gooch is in DeChambeau. DeChambeau, I I saw he said today in his press conference, he can't even swing full because of the wrist. So this is a guy that hasn't played competitively and feels like what forever. So I'm, I'm not expecting much out of him. I think Taylor Gooch wins that group pretty easily, and then it's just, you know, Rom, DJ, Kepka are guys that could win their, you know, their groups, and, you know, can he take those, does one of those guys get upset, does DJ even care, is Kepka super locked in, though Kepka just played pretty well last week, uh, so Gooch, Maverick, McNeil, Neely, and, and Brian Harmon's another guy I like, because I do think, unlike the NCAA tournament, I do like picking guys in the middle to lower tier in this thing, you can't just hammer the Roms, the Dustin Johnson, because that's not the way it plays out. You look up last year, it's Billy Horschel against Scotty Scheffler. And at the time, Scotty Scheffler wasn't exactly Scotty Scheffler. So times change. And speaking of Scotty Scheffler, is it looked, and it still does, the, to be a great American golfer right now is really, really hard. And ultimately, I think as a great American golfer, you know, you're judged on your world ranking, but like, are you playing on the President's Cup team and definitely the Ryder Cup team? And last year, our Ryder Cup team was stupid. I mean, it was beyond stacked. Right, I mean, the last couple guys were like Harris English and Daniel Berger. And I actually, later, I asked Sobel, like, where the hell has Harris English been? He hurt his hip, I guess, at the, the waste management. He's been injured. But to me, Harris English isn't going to be on the President Cup to this team. Tony Finau is in shambles right now. Like, he's not going to be on the President Cup team right now. Scotty Scheffler it, it won two tournaments like the last month. Sam Burns has three wins in the last year. Like, these guys are locks to be mainstays. Bryson DeChambeau who is making his return this week. One is injured. Two is not very high on just the you know the FedEx list right now. He hasn't been playing. And three, like, are we sure he ain't just going to go to the Saudi league? Because I'll tell you this, if they're paying $3.5 million, I don't care if they broadcast the thing on YouTube, on Instagram, it don't matter. I think Bryson DeChambeau it has a very, very good chance of ending up in that league because he's a money guy. He's obsessed with money, fills in his ear, and I, I think there's a decent chance. So to me, Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler, you know, aren't just locks to be on the team. Like, they're going to be top five or six players potentially on this team. We see DJ, Kepka. I mean, uh, we'll see. Now, the majors coming up. Easily one of these guys could rattle off a major. But Bryson's health, 
DJ's just overall play, and I, I don't even know if he cares, and Brooks just needs to continue to play better. But, you know, Morikawa was a lock. You know, Spieth had a really good season last year. We'll have to see moving forward, like, how is it going to go in the majors? Is he going to be a top five guy at the Masters like he was last year? Because if he is, then he'll be around. Xander's not going anywhere. You know, JT's a lock to be a top two or three player on that team. But we got a lot of moving parts in terms of uh, in terms of team golf, which is which is fun because the talent is so elite. Like Sam Burns, just a bl- Scotty Scheffler. These guys are blue chippers. Like I would bet on both those guys winning a major in their career. Do you know how hard it is to win a major in your career? You know how good of a golfer you are if you're just like I'm a major champion. Like Adam Scott, his career is going to end with one major. Do you know how fucking good Adam Scott is at golf? How many majors Sergio win? Last I checked, one, the Masters. And Sergio Garcia, like, it's really, really hard to win these majors. I think John Rahm's going to win like 10, but he's only got one. He doesn't win that many tournaments. I love John Rahm. But is he going to rattle off 10, or is he more likely to win like three? You know, love Justin Thomas. Think he's going to be an all-timer. Like, is he more likely to win three or six? You'd probably say three. I think he's got a chance to go down as like one of the greats. But these guys, and listen, I'm not here to bag on the older guys, but it was just easier to win them in like, and I love Lee Trevino, love Jack and Arnie, but the, the fields weren't as deep. Hell, Tiger, I think, is my greatest athlete I've ever seen, right there with Michael. And his competition was like, yeah, there were, you know, 10 legit guys, like really like five, six that he had to really worry about. Now you got to worry about like 25. So I uh, props to Sam Burns, who won that tournament. It's just hard, man. It, it, it's hard to be a guy like Davis Riley, who is a stud from Alabama, uh, dominated on the corn ferry. He's going to be on the PGA Tour for a long time. First time you get into contention. I, I said this the other day on the football pod. It's so much easier to hunt. It's so much easier to be the chase, the guy chasing the Patriots, the team chasing the Chiefs. It's another thing to be the Chiefs and the Patriots. Everybody gunning for you. Think about being Alabama. Every week, literally every team they've played for seven, eight, a decade, it's been the biggest game on their schedule. 13 games a year are the other team's biggest game of the schedule by a mile. Yet for Alabama, they have like two or three of the biggest games out of the 13 and beside the playoff games, right? So it is so much harder to be at the top of the mountaintop and have everyone gunning for you. And speaking of being at the top of the mountaintop, Phil Mickelson's a good life lesson of how fast, and listen, as someone that talks for a living and can just say a lot of crazy things, uh, now I believe everything I say, but sometimes I can just get flowing and it's like, you know, I should probably be careful about what I've said. I've definitely changed my Twitter strategy, not because I give a shit, but just because it's not worth it. You know, less than 9% of society's on it. It's such a small group. Tiny percentage, I think like 3% of active users actually tweet. It's such a small subset. It's not like I'm you're playing to the masses. It ain't, it's the least powerful of all the big social media brands by a mile. You know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok blow it out of the water in terms of users and the amount of people there. But Twitter, because it's the written word, it feels so loud. It's actually not that loud. It's why when you turn it off and you go into society, no one's talking about it. And it's just like, what, what am I gaining out of this? Talking shit to some whacker quack job, weirdo. It doesn't, it's pointless. Now, I am guilty sometimes every once in a while, I'll, you know, get into spats or whatever, but I, there's not much point to it. And Phil, you know, obviously said things that, you know, there's a difference between arguing with someone on Twitter 
and saying things about Saudi Arabia, people dying, and human atrocities, right? And he clearly got over his skis, and he got cocky. And I think sometimes, I never feel I'm the smartest guy in the room. I know I'm not. I'm a state school guy. I I, I have to I have to out uh, work you. I don't, I'm not going to necessarily outthink you. Maybe I got I got common sense, but intellectually, like you get into a room with the people Phil's in the room with, Phil's probably never the smartest guy in the room. But I think you spend enough time around him, and because he's such a great golfer, everyone starts kissing your ass. You start believing that. Now, who knows? And maybe it could happen to any of us, right? Uh, even those of us that acknowledge, like, you know, we most rooms where we walk into, we're not the smartest guy in the room. But if I'm one of the richest guys in the room and everyone's kissing my ass, you start thinking you are. And clearly, I think Phil kind of fell under that. And he's made these statements and he thought the PGA Tour screwing him, even though everyone's making a buku bucks. And now he's ruined his image, which he literally spent decades building up as Phil Mickelson. That was his image. You just said Phil Mickelson, and he resonated with everybody. There's a reason these corporations put their brands and their names behind the guy. And now they're all pulled out. He is, like, he can say he's not showing up to the Masters. I'm, I'm going to make an educated guess. I think he's pseudo-suspended right now, and I think Augusta, which has as much juice as, like, the U.S. government, the, just Google the members there, a lot of power, didn't like that bullshit. They don't want a media circus of Phil Mickelson. Not in their week. That's their week of golf. And Phil Mickelson, my guess would be, was told, you're not coming. Which is pretty crazy when you think about it. I don't know, because he's Phil Mickelson, three-time Masters champion. Like, that's a pretty crazy story. And now, like, and it shows you, sometimes, and like, back to me, I talk for a living. I have to tell myself, shut up. Just shut your mouth. And I think Phil got over his skis on this one and it's cost him. It's cost him a lot of money. It's cost him just a lot of, I, I don't know, po- popularity is probably the wrong word, but just it, it cost him the ability to go to the Masters. He's not even welcomed at the Masters where he's won three times. He's not a one-time random champion. He's won the thing three times. He built his logo off him jumping up when he first won the tournament. And now I think the question is, does he go to the PGA Championship where, you know, he's the defending champion? Wild, man. It's just uh, it's a crazy part. It, it's the crazy and great part about sports is it is truly reality television show. You cannot make this stuff up. In 2021, Phil wins a major. He's a assistant captain on the Ryder Cup team. He's partying with the boys. By March 2022, he's not welcome at the Masters. He's disappeared. No one's seen him. And he's not welcome everywhere. And besides like his country clubs and all the sponsors have yanked their logos off him. Which is, again, I say overall, I love Phil Mickelson. And it's just sad. I, you know, he's just, uh, he's been a fantastic ambassador for the sport because of his passion and love for the game. And now it feels like he screwed himself and now he's being shunned and he's not welcome. He's not welcome right now, which is pretty nuts. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour or FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet and get $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit 
and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in the action. Make a PGA Tour bet. Free $5, you know, your $5. Get a free $150. It's hard to beat. So go low this summer and bet the PGA Tour. Join FanDuel today with the promo code Colin. Then you have to place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed. FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And last but not least, the power of, you know, well before I was born, like the 50s and 60s, the power of audio was huge, right? Radio's peak was like 60s, 70s, 80s. Every single human had a radio. And the audio, and it's still, audio is still very, very powerful. But it competes now with video. And video is even more powerful than audio. And what Netflix has done, one, just as a company, it completely changed the game. Linear TV, you know, cable TV now is hanging on by a thread. And it's like podcasts. Like it, it is I, the local radio where I live in the Bay Area. Someone, I got a text yesterday from someone on the inside. It's like, we are getting destroyed. No one's listening. The, the, the business model, it might go under because things change. And luckily with television, you, these networks still have PGA Tour golf, NBA, NFL, baseball. You still have enough content that enough people still watch. It's not going anywhere. But Netflix, Hulu, you know, all these stream, Apple Apple Plus, is that it? Disney, maybe it's Disney Plus, Apple TV. They're powerful. And they're, they're taking all my money. And I don't even watch half of them. But I can speak to the Netflix documentary on the F1, Drive to Survive. I don't, I it hasn't drove me to wake up early and watch these Formula One races. But, like, I know what's going on. And I pay attention. And I think the Drive to Survive series is elite. Like, the content is fantastic. And there was this tweet thread today from this guy. I think he covers F1. And the power that the Netflix documentary and series, I guess it's not a documentary, it's just a series. Maybe it's a documentary. I don't know really what category you'd put it in. Has had domestically in America. Because forever, they thrived internationally, but no one cared here. So they couldn't get any of our big corporations to sign on. Well, now the the television ratings in America have skyrocketed. Now, partly because the bar was low, but now a lot of people watch these races over the weekend. So now American companies just gravitate where people are. You want to advertise where the consumer is, right? The the reason the NFL makes so much money, because they have so many people watching. This isn't a very complicated strategy. The more people you have watching, the higher your media rights go, the higher those networks then can charge advertising and everyone can make money. That, that is the, uh, the business model. So the more people that gain interest in Formula One because of Netflix, the business is boomed. And golf is starting way ahead of Formula One, you know, in America, obviously. I mean, they had, on a good non-major, gets three, three and a half, four million people to watch. But what is on the line with this show, and I, you're not going to be able to parallel drive to survive, but to have some legit storylines, have some behind the ropes, I mean, that thing a couple, was it last week or two weeks ago when Victor Hovland and Daniel Berger, I mean, these are two of the best players in the world arguing over the line of sight and, and, and Victor Hovland's like, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. 
And if you can get that, but to me, it's we all saw that. What about after? Does can you get Daniel Berger on camera and on the mic and go, that's bullshit? And, and start talking some shit? Because that is what Drive to Survive has. Two guys talking shit about each other. Two, do can you get some agents on talking shit about each other? Can you get some coaches on talking shit about each other? Because to me, that is the differentiating factor. And if you can create some just I don't, edginess is probably the wrong word, but just what's really there. Animosity. These people are, we're all humans. We don't like other people and we like certain people. There are going to be people on tour that don't like other people. It's a little different in the Formula One because there's only 20 drivers and there are only whatever, 10 teams. There are way more guys, but you should be able to find some pretty unique content that really works and draws people that are, you know, are kind of interested that play golf every once in a while. Like, I want to watch this. I don't think it's inconceivable if this thing is done right. Now, it might not just be the first season. It might take a couple seasons. But to, you know, increase television ratings by 50%, get a lot of new people. The, 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 there is a lot of competition right now. No one just goes, I'm going to watch every baseball game anymore. Those days da- are dead. We see the NBA ratings. There's only one sport that truly gets us all because we really just have to watch it one day a week. It's easy to consume. Golf, you can kind of come in and out, but it's also just basically when you need, when the networks need you to watch, Saturday, Sunday. They don't really care about Golf Channel on Thursday, Friday. That's add-on. Or me watching at my desk on ESPN+. They want you watching Saturday, Sunday. Well, here's what I know. People consume sports on Saturday and Sunday. It's called college football in the NFL. Number one and two sport in America. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Netflix to just get this right. And luckily, they've had a lot of success doing shows like this. It's not even just Netflix. It's on the people doing it. It's also on the players kind of letting their guard down. And it might take a a year. Like this series, this first one might just be okay. And it might be the next one that catapults it. But I do think there's a chance that this can be like a springboard to a huge growth in the interest in the sport domestically. At least I'm hoping. As someone that loves golf, has a huge passion for golf, and now's making money talking about it. So I, I hope that this Netflix thing is a huge, huge success for the PGA Tour. Okay, I'm here with Mr. Golf, Jason Sobel, uh, host of Links and Locks podcast, Action Network puts out an incredible article at the beginning, a little primer at the beginning of the week, which we will dive into. Also, you can hear him on uh, Sirius XM every day, uh, Monday through Wednesday before the tournament start. I would imagine this week, Monday through Tuesday, uh, Sirius XM because of the uh, little early starts throwing us off. But, you know, March Madness, we're already kind of in the groove. So uh, let's let's dive right in to this. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already going on your television or ESPN+. Plus. But we're just going to pick some winners, factoring in a little bracket style too. I think big picture, a guy we've both kind of been hot on. Masters is right around the corner. He's playing good golf. He, he's, he was right there last week again. Um, you know, when you kind of got to factor in the brackets, but looking at Justin Thomas, 14 to 1, um, what do you think? I love how, John, you're setting me up for this and that you and I are going to sit here on Tuesday while we're recording, talk all about how we love Justin Thomas. And by the time this goes live, he's going to be four down through five and we're going to look like idiots <laughs> talking all about how much we like JT. But yeah, I mean, I, I will be very honest. The way I went through the bracket was I no preconceived notions. I didn't come into it with, hey, this is going to be the guy that I pick as my winner. I literally went through every single match, 
Worked my way down, got into the Sweet 16, the quarters, the semis, got to the final, and picked my player. And it just happened to be Justin Thomas. Trust me, I don't love it for the fact that we've seen a 32-seed Billy Horschel win last year. Two years before that was a 48-seed Kevin Kisner. So this really is a tournament where you shouldn't take the chalk. And that I took almost the chalkiest guy out there in Justin Thomas, but he's playing so well. He preached after another title contention at the Valspar Championship this past weekend. Just have patience. It's coming. I know it's coming. Seven finishes of eighth or better in his last 10 starts. Big things are coming. Trust me, JT would rather they come in two weeks than this week, but I don't think he's going to give up this week uh, in, in, in instead of uh, having it in two weeks. I think he feels like he can go out and get both of them. So um, I, I love JT this week. I, I think it's... Uh, it's a tough group for him to get out of, but if indeed he gets out of that group, he might just start rolling through the weekend. Agree, because his bracket, to me, if we look at a little March Madness style, you know, it's it's lined up for him to get to the Final Four. And if we go above, another favorite I like, and again, this is factoring in the bracket, would be Xander. Uh, I You know, Finau's been terrible. It, it's in his group. Herbert. You know, this other guy I saw you kind of liked, is it from Japan? Yeah, Takumi Kanaya. I, I made that pick before the odds actually came out. I thought he was going to have much bigger odds. So, you know, I thought we're looking at like a plus 500 to get out of the group. He was plus 300. There's not quite as much value as I thought there would be. I was just going after the, hey, I don't really like anybody in that group, so I'm going to go for some value. But, yeah, it's probably Xander. I'd watch out for uh, Lucas Herbert. Played really well. Final round of API a few weeks ago, too. You know, to me, if Xander on the uh, on the top right bracket doesn't come out, there are two guys that kind of jump out to me. Alex Noren, who we talked about before we uh, started recording, he has a lot on the line this week. He's 56 in the top 50 getting to the Masters, so if he gets in the Sweet 16 and makes a run, where he's actually been looking at his record and match play really good, and obviously he's playing really well. His problem is his bracket's pretty loaded. I mean, Louis, Casey, Connors, that's a, that's a pretty deep bracket. And then above him... That is a ball striker's bracket right there. Oh my God! Is is you know I'm I'd consider this guy a little bit of a sleeper at forty five to one. Is Brian Harmon who's playing pretty good golf who feels you know bulldog. I mean literally and figuratively. Uh, but you know a match play guy. What what do you think about Norin and Harmon kind of in that range of guys? You know fifty sixty to one. I, I feel like they're good plays. They just got stuck in really tough groups. I mean, we mentioned that being a ball strikers group between Oosteisen, Casey, Connors, and Norin. You've got four guys that absolutely just flush it. So uh, I'm excited to watch those guys hit iron shots into these greens. Should be a lot of great shots in that one. I, I like Paul Casey. I feel like the golf gods owe Paul Casey one. Remember, the 70th hole of the Players' Championship on that Monday afternoon. He hits a great drive right down the middle on 16. Ball gets stuck in another ball's pitch mark and he can only make par from there ah, you know what sometimes karma pays you back in weird ways and Paul Casey's played well in this in the past I could see him doing well and then Brian Harmon is in not just what I think is the most well-rounded group there but what the odds makers think is the most well-rounded group there's a uh, smaller discrepancy between the shortest odds to get out of that one and the longest odds than any other it's Abraham Anser, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon and Bubba Watson and again you look at it and go 
Yeah, I could see any of those players. I've got Abraham answer there. I just feel like it's a good course for him. Hasn't played his best golf. At some point starts playing better. But yeah, I do like Brian Harmon as well. It's just, he's in a really tough group. I, I, I'd i rather take guys from the groups where I look at and say, I really don't like two of those guys. The process of elimination takes two away. And so there's only two yeah. left. And okay, I like I like one of those two as opposed to, yeah, I can see all four of those guys. And essentially that's what Harmon and Norrin are both looking at. Really good dark horse plays, but they're also going against three really tough matches Wednesday through Friday. One of my favorite plays, and it's it's all predicated on what I'm going to feel like is going to be one match, and that's going to be the Hatton-Burger match. But if my guy Terrell Hatton can win that match, it's kind of set up for him. All of a sudden, you're looking, he's in the final four. Hatton, uh, 32-1 to 1 right now on FanDuel, but I know you wrote about that matchup between him and Berger. I mean, that's going to feel like a Duke-Kentucky or something, right? I mean, early in the tournament. So that's... I, I would take Hatton, but if you if you convince me on Berger, I, I could I could hear you out on that one as well. Yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. One of the groups where really I don't love the other two. I believe it's Siwoo Kim and Christian Bezadenhut uh, in that group yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I look at it and I say, yeah, it's either Hatton or Berger. I took Berger and extra holes. I was very specific there. And I just did that uh, to make the case that, hey, this is really anyone's on that Friday afternoon match between the two best players in the group. I, I like Berger. I think Hatton uh, is a really good player, tends to play better in those Florida events, uh, but he's played well at the match play in the past. I just think uh, Berger's, Berger's got this little extra drive, and not that Hatton doesn't, but Berger's got this little determination. I will say, and, and I, I may amend this a little bit, but I wrote that if there's going to be a fist fight in one of these matches, I was thinking it might be Berger-Hatton, but I'm almost going to amend that. that. That might be second on my list now. I might, I might play those odds, but uh, Peter's Horschel is one that I could see there being some bad blood too at some point. That's, that's, uh, I like it. Then when we look at the upper left, we got some big name power, right? Dustin, Kepka, Rom, and the great return of the big fella, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. But a name that you had mentioned and that I circled early is Taylor Gooch. Now, I did read that he's never played in this tournament. I don't necessarily mean the course, but he's never been in match play at, no, at Austin Country last Club. Year. I picked, I like Gooch as a sleeper. Oh, he did? Yeah, he was the last man in the field last year. Didn't play well, but he at least got that experience. Okay, well, that, I like him even more now. Taylor Gooch, little bit of a sleeper at about 46 to 1 right now on FanDuel. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Bryson doesn't make me nervous, but getting out of there, if a Kepka, if a Rom, if a DJ, he he would he potentially would have to go through some heavy hitters. I like him to get through the group. In fact, he's my favorite play to get through a singular group. He's got Bryson as the pool A player. Bryson, we all know, coming off an injury. Based on that social media post that he put out Monday night, it doesn't sound like, hey, I've been hitting drivers and I'm hitting it really good and I can't wait. The post was almost... Hey, I'm starting to hit driver and I'm getting ready for the Masters. And that, that doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in Bryson this week. And so, yeah, okay, he might be ready for Augusta in a few weeks, but I don't think Bryson's ready to go out there and win a few matches this week. I look at the rest of the group and I've got Lee Westwood, who's played okay, not played great in this tournament in the past. Richard Bland, it's a fun story. Everyone likes the guy. Everyone wants to go hang out with the guy, but uh, he hasn't played great golf at the age of 49 recently either. And so I've got Gooch as sort of the uh, the easy uh, the easy pick to get out of that group. And then you take your chances from there. He goes against maybe Dustin Johnson or Max Homa in the next round. If he gets through that, 
Maybe he's got John Rahm, maybe Brooks Kepka. Yeah, there are a lot of tough ones to get through, but look, you're going to have to beat some guys if you want to get to the the, the final four, the, the championship match in this thing. So at some point, you're going to have to win against some of those guys. I will tell you, the bottom of that bracket, John, Harold Varner III is very interesting to me. He's got that... Uh, that Augusta National invitation already in his back pocket, so he doesn't have to sweat that anymore. He's a guy that, what do we always say about Harold? He's good enough to contend on any given week, but man, he just makes that one big number. He makes the untimely double or triple bogey on the weekend to fall out of contention. Well, here, he makes a triple somewhere. No big deal. You're up two. Now you're up one. Keep on going in the next hole. He's 11th this season in P- in birdie average on the PGA Tour. That's the best of sort of the non-superstars out there. All the guys above him are guys that you would think would be right up there. So I like Varner as a guy to go out there and make some birdies with maybe a little nothing to lose attitude this week. So if you were going super long shot, you know, 90, 100 to one, another name I wrote down was Mav McNeely. Would you say Varner and Mav McNeely are two names uh, given their draws that you kind of like? Obviously you just sold Harold Varner, but what do you think about Mav? Yeah, McNeely's got the same nothing to lose attitude. He was not in this field as of Sunday night. Sam Burns withdrew after the win in Tampa. McNeely gets in. He's a really good driver of the golf ball and a really good putter. And those that combination is going to get you pretty far in this event. So I do like McNeely. He's got something to prove. He's got a, he's the kind of guy that's got designs on being on some Ryder Cup and President's Cup teams at some point in the future. And uh, whether it's this year's captain or a captain down the road, I think he'd like to show off a little bit and show what he can do in match play. And the other guy, I just mentioned him tangentially earlier, but uh, Thomas Peters is going off right around 100 to 1 as well. High risk, high reward, high ceiling, low floor, whatever you want to say about him, but he's a guy with a ton of offensive firepower. It can go south in a hurry. I get that. But if you're looking for a big hit, Thomas Peters is a guy that could just roll through a bunch of matches, and I don't hate his group either. He's got the defending champ, Billy Horschel, but other than that, I can see Peters rolling through that group, making a ton of birdies, and moving on to the weekend um, where, where he's got maybe not the worst draw in that region. Last name for you. I, I'm pretty sure he lives in Austin, and he's historically a pretty good match player and a guy that will not be scared, Sergio Garcia. You know, if you're if he's playing good golf, if you look up, you know, maybe a live bet like Thursday, Friday as a guy that could just make a run all weekend. Is he a guy to keep your is is this home course? I don't think it's his home course, but he does live in Austin now. For me, it's all about motivation for Sergio. And there are weeks when Sergio goes out there and you can kind of tell he's going through the motions a little bit. He's been doing this for a long time. Nothing really gets uh, gets him too excited anymore. But playing in front of friends and family in his adopted hometown. Yeah, I expect Sergio to be pretty motivated this week. He was my pick to win. I went back and looked. He was my pick to win last year. The whole thing got to the quarterfinals, made it to the weekend. Um, I do like him again. He's not playing bad golf right now whatsoever. It's just been sort of pretty good. Not really title contentions, but not missing cuts either. So yeah, I do like Sergio. I think that this format suits him well. And like I said, that motivation playing in front of Friends and family this week, I think that should serve him really well. Okay, I'm going to get you out of here on two questions. One, just a big picture, you know, for the Americans in terms of the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. It's it's pretty clear the swings on a year-to-year basis with some of these young guys, like the way Sam Burns is playing. I know Scotty Scheffler was on the team last year, but he's... 
he's capulting to be a you know a, not a captain's pick, right? A, a lock. <laughs> like a, he's going to qualify. How hard is it going to be for some of these? You know, Tony Finau's now having a bad year. He's starting to get bumped out. Just the, the competition. In all your years of being around the game, have you ever seen a as deep of an American roster as we have right now? No, nah, this is a really, really deep roster. We knew Sam Burns would start doing big things. I look at Burns and Scheffler, uh, and I think there's a great comparison to be made between the two of them. They're both 25 years old. They're both scared of absolutely nothing. They're both stepping on the gas pedal when they start playing well. So uh, I can see each of those guys having just monster years. They've already started to. And so, yeah, those guys are locks to make the team right now, quite honestly, John. I, I think what you see now, it's harder for either the – I don't want to call them the journeymen, but the the very good players. Not the great players, but the very good players. I'm looking down at my sheet right here. I see a name like Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley's been really good this year. He's having a really nice year. Keegan Bradley probably isn't even on the radar screen for the President's Cup. Now, can he get there? Absolutely. He can go win in two weeks and and get himself uh, very much on the radar screen, as can a lot of other players. But for a guy like that who's been around for a while, is trying to make it back, or for a guy like I mentioned, Mav McNeely earlier, just a young player who's got a tremendous amount of talent, wants to play on these teams, it's going to be really hard to sort of break into that inner circle. And so I, I think we've seen Sam Burns do it. I think we're going to see Will Zalatoris do it. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't make the President's Cup team this year. But after that, you look at the team that won at Whistling Straits in the Ryder Cup last year, and you say, okay, well, maybe we can take away Harris English and put on Burns and take away, I, I, I don't even know who else, Finau or Berger or something. Berger's really good. And, and put Zalatoris on the team. Other than that, I don't know where these changes are coming from. You just don't have enough spots for everybody. And last but not least, I mean, the news came out Monday. Uh, what what was your reaction to Phil a no-go at the Masters, not even showing up, not around? Yeah, yeah, a little surprising. Uh, it's sad. I mean, really, that's the word for it. Because, look, Phil's done so much for the game over the last quarter century. Uh, you know, he's won, he's won three Masters titles. He's, you know, he's he's been a uh, a public figure with a tremendous amount of fans in the game. So it's sad. I, again, I, I have no idea. I'd love the, if there was some transparency from the PGA tour, maybe this is Augusta national, um, you know, adhering to some sort of suspension from the tour. Although I, I tend to believe that he doesn't want to face the media firing squad. He's not suspended right now. Why is he not playing? Maybe that maybe he doesn't want to turn the masters into his own personal circus. Maybe he's just dealing with some other issues and just doesn't want to go out there. I don't know exactly what the case is right now. I, I'd love to see Phil back out there at some point. He's going to have to do the contrition act in front of the cameras, in front of the microphones. He'll have to apologize. He'll have to fall on his sword. But hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. He's going to be ostensibly defending a major championship title, the oldest player ever to win a major championship in May for the PGA Championship. And it would be nice if he could show up. But yes, he's going to have to do a few things uh, before then, at least for himself, not for everybody else. Okay, one more. I know they have that list of the former champions, the guys that oh, bow yeah. out and Phil entered that. The guy that's still the guy that's still on the list, but you know, it might just be yeah. you go up to the last second. You don't want to close any doors. You, you don't expect Tiger Woods to play at the Masters, do you? I don't think so. Uh, look, Tiger was walking around. We saw him walking into the World Golf Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago without the sleeve on his leg. Uh, who knows? You know, if there's ever going to be a player who can come back from something like that 
and just say, hey, you know what? I'll make my first start at Augusta National. It would be Tiger Woods. And you're not going to hear any whispers out of Camp Tiger because they're just not going to tell you anything. So it's certainly at least until his name is on that list of past champions not competing, then at least there's a chance. But no, I don't think we're going to see him in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Keep crossing your fingers. Yeah, that would be uh, I, I'd say I, I'd say if breaking news happens that he's in, that'd be one of the bigger stories of the year. So uh, we, we can only pray, but. At least, like you said, he's walking around no sleeve at, at Riv. He's walking up those stairs. It, it's going a lot better than I would say any human alive that's a Tiger fan could have dreamed it to go, right, given what he went through. Three months ago, we watched him play the PNC, I guess the parent-child event now, and looked pretty good. I mean, yeah, okay, he was in a cart. It was two days. Yeah. He's letting Charlie hit most of the drives. I get it. But he still went out there. He played golf. He looked pretty good. And so... My take on it has been over the last three months, he's not going to get any worse. He's not going to hurt himself more than he was. His swing isn't going to be worse than it was back then. And so he's going to keep progressing, going to keep improving. As long as he wants to give this a chance, which he's said that he does, he wants to come back, I certainly won't write him off, at least for playing, if not for competing and contending once again. Who knows? Agreed. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Enjoy the golf. Enjoy the March Madness, the basketball, and have a great weekend. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go Golopod mailbag. At Golopod is the Instagram. DMs wide open. Wide open. Think Devontae Adams. Okay, start with uh, Jason. Golopod. Instagram. Just wanted to say I enjoy your knowledge. You and Colin do a great job relating to the listener by applying sports situations to real life scenarios we all face in our job and our personal life. Love the golf gambling segment with Sobel every week. I wanted to return the favor. Check out Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max if you are still looking for shows to binge watch. If you enjoyed Eastbound and Down humor with Danny McBride, you'll love it. I need to check it out. I I watched the first season, but I need to check out the second season for sure. Question for the pot. I'm a fan of the major team sports and find them easy to follow, but I know little to nothing about pro golf. How do you recommend someone with no knowledge gets into watching and following the sport? It feels like it has a higher barrier for entry for the casual fan. I would tend to agree uh, again, I say it all the time. I'm biased about this sport. You know, most people follow football or basketball or baseball because at one point in time in your life, you played, right? Little league, eighth grade basketball, high school football, uh, golf. If you don't play, it probably would be a little bit harder to get into. My advice, if you're looking for a hobby, pick up golf. <laughs> Just start messing around. Go to a local cu- club. Go to a top golf. Once you start playing it a little bit, you don't need to play at, you know, the Olympic Club or, you know, Augusta or Bethpage Black. You could just play at the shittiest course where you live. Just go out with a buddy, grab a six pack and just have a good time. And if you hit a couple good shots, you know, if you like competing, I I promise you might get hooked. And then the faster you start liking to play, the more likely you just follow golf. Right, I mean, I, I started following football when I started playing football as a young kid. The reason I loved Ken Griffey Jr. and Cal Ripken because when I was playing Little League, I tried to bat like them. We all tried to hit fadeaway shots like Michael Jordan. You just do what you usually play. So, yeah, I'm with you. It'd be hard if you don't play. Most people I know that follow the PGA Tour play golf. Not consi- You don't have to be like a two handicap, but, you know, it's just easier to follow when you can understand what they're doing. And it's the unique part about golf, right? At 37 years old, I can go play golf, just like the guy on the PGA Tour. At 37 years old, I, I can't go play football. Like, that. that's over. I, and I, I guess I could play pickup hoops, but I, I, you could, actually. I can't play hard pitch baseball. I guess I could play, like, beer league softball. I could play pickup hoops. I, I retired, like, five, six years ago. I just, I can't afford to tear an Achilles. Just started really paying attention to golf recently, and I'm wondering what your thoughts on Matt Wolf are. Can he be consistent enough to really compete? 
Well, he's an interesting case study because when he came on the scene, it was him, Hovland, and Morikawa. And he immediately, the the major Morikawa at Harding Park, Matt Wolf was right in the mix. Well, actually, he kind of came back on Sunday. But he was like top fives and top tens in the major, in other big tournaments. He finished second to Bryson at winged foot. He almost beat Bryson a couple weeks previously, if I remember correctly. Like, Matt Wolf's tie-in talent was elite. And then, you know, I, I don't know the guy, but, you know, following the sport, it's pretty clear the loneliness of the tour kind of got to him and rattled him, and it threw his game off, and he just kind of fell, fell apart. He's not the same guy right now. You know, he didn't handle the transition to being a pro over time for whatever reason. You know, Hovland's single guy goes back to Oklahoma State. Morikawa's engaged now. But, you know, it's I, I, I follow Wolf on social media. He's got a girlfriend. But it's just, I just think it's a different lifestyle, you know? In college golf, you have a teammate. You have teammates. You have the campus. In pro golf, it's really just black and white, all about the money and all about the grind. And for a guy that's 22, 23, if you're not mentally ready for it, it could really it throw you off. And I think it's really throwing him off. If he could just figure that part out of it, his game, I mean, he could be a Ryder Cup guy one day. Like, he's that good. Like, he could win seven, eight PGA Tour events. But he is, he's hes terrible right now. And I, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I, he talked about it. And I, the, exactly the way I just described it. I, I think the tour life not the good stuff that comes with it, the money, the fame, but just the loneliness and the travel. Can you imagine, you know, if, if you're a 23-year-old guy, NFL draft second round, you go to a team. Basketball, you go to a team. In golf, it's like I'm a phenom, I go pro, it's just me, my caddy. <laughs> and I got all this money. And then I have a bunch of shitty golf. What if you start playing bad? You know, it's just, it's a different life than the other pro sports. From Seth. Big fan of the pot. Golf seems to be growing and emerging as an ever-popular sport. I hope so. Why don't mainstream commentators like Collins, Skip, Stephen A. ever talk about it? Do you think it could get to the point where they will? Well, I think it's pretty simple. They don't have to. You know, th- there's a reason you don't talk about hockey. They don't talk about baseball anymore. Football is what everyone wants to talk about. Now, golf is niche. Now, three, four million people watch these golf tournaments and the majors. When Tiger played, they, those guys talked about it. But the reason I'm doing this podcast on golf is not because someone told me like golf's emerging because I'm passionate about it. I it I love the game of golf. And it was my idea. I was like, I'll just do a golf podcast. Yeah, I'm watching it. I might as well monetize it. It wasn't because like, you know, there's this big itch from the people that run sports companies, right, to do it. Now, I believe it's got a huge ceiling and this is a big picture play for me, but if I didn't do this, no one would notice, right? I mean, there are a couple of golf podcasts and stuff that kill it, but most of the golf content on YouTube, if you notice, is actually kind of uh, funny. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 revolved around humor for the most part. Uh, I I just think it's yeah. I you just there's not as many. I mean, ten million people watch an NBA playoff game. Twenty million people watch an NFL big game, right? So it's just. Two, three million people watch a golf tournament, you know, and only so, you know, so many big golf tournaments like these random golf tournaments, way less people watch. So it's, it's, it's niche. Uh, Tiger broke through that noise. 
you know, Phil, I would say Phil the Saudi thing broke through that noise. I, I was listening to Collins Pod probably a month or two ago. He talked about it. I mean, Bryson broke through the noise. But like Victor Hovland winning a tournament ain't breaking through the noise. You know, Sam Burns winning a tournament isn't breaking through the noise in universal sports guys. So, you know, guys like me have to try to help bring it up because it's fucking awesome. I love watching elite guys play for money. I like personally playing golf. I think about golf. Uh, I like watching golf. Just like I love talking football. You know, I, I ran into the guy that runs my gym today. His excitement level, Joey, as a Raider fan, you know, having Devontae on his team beams ear to ear. No different than when I meet someone that says, hey, man, I just got to play Pebble Beach, how excited they are. So I, I get excited from football and golf. Uh, and I, I like talking about it. And obviously football is the biggest thing going in America athletically. Golf is not. But to me, it's right there. I mean, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. Because I, I I love the sport. So we just got to Netflix need you to make it, make it happen. And we'll just keep on swinging. And wouldn't mind a Tiger comeback. Adios. Have a good week. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.